Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So boys, we need to talk about the thing. What thing? Yeah, we can't avoid it. Uh, (laughs) Are we here to talk about all of the... uh... April Fool's uh, hijinks that we have planned. <laughs> oh, yeah. you wait, I've got such a strategy. Nothing's going to get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing could stop us now. Uh, we woke up from a coma and be like, oh, wait, we woke up before April Fool's? Great, we have all these plans. <laughs> if you are listening to this episode some kind in the future, we're, of course, referring to the coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, worldwide pandemic that is happening End right now. End of days, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's an interesting topic for this show, for sure, because it's impacting every type of business. You know, I don't think any type of business is unimpacted in some way. It could be good for yep. some, bad for most uh, yep. by the pandemic. But no, no types of businesses are impacted as heavily as pretty much like leisure and manufacture. They tend to be the yep. heaviest impacted businesses in in the situation we're in right now uh because one you've got people that can't go anywhere so their leisure is impacted manufacturer is impacted because people aren't working they're not making uh and and deliveries and stuff like that is more difficult so yeah as uh t- two people that make their living from a manufacturer based business how's it going uh i think it's going relatively okay i mean it's not going great but um i think we got really lucky we had we had kind of got things in stock uh before things kind of went crazy and that wasn't planned we just like happened to get that timing and so we weren't hadn't really been waiting on anything coming from asia or suppliers like we were kind of like stocked for a while um and we had like gotten most importantly like the parts for the like uh, Mark One Apollo Kickstarter like in and everything. So from that standpoint, uh, we kind of hit a sweet spot. I am starting to like we're starting to order more parts, and we are gonna have delays and stuff. So mm. I think we will start start to hit some problems with that. But um, in terms of like the kind of top line, like manufacturing stuff and like getting parts, we were okay. And it's funny, our Asia, like our Chinese suppliers are like alive again. Like they are, we, they've made like a shipment to us and they're like starting to, you know, um, like they're there, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. It's slower. Like for instance, like we ordered cables uh, for the material dock and they, you know, they're like, well, they were supposed to ship like a week and a half ago, but they're like, it's just the shipping companies are just very slow. Like I haven't even picked it up yet or whatever. I think it's picked up now, but you know, obviously there's some delays, but at least things are kind of, there's a pulse. Um, and then, you know, and on the other like business, like sales side, uh, you know, it's, you know, worse, but uh, not like catastrophic. Luckily, you know, it was like, but it's, I think the thing that I worry about is what, you know, um, What's it going to be more down the line, you know, like with the economy and all this stuff? So we're just playing, you know, we're just playing it by ear. Yeah. I think the real saving grace for us is we just have really low overhead. 
Uh, we're kind of like built for this in some ways where we're already working from home. We have very low overhead. Yeah, me and Steven have been feeling that too. Right. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. we don't really have fixed costs like that. We have contractors, yeah. right? That's yeah. kind of like our big thing and like Slack and our hosting. But those yeah. costs are so relatively low to if we had a studio in a city that had all full-time employees in it. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, craziness. Exactly, yeah. and that, that kind of stuff is much, much heavier. So, you know, like our company and your company are, are more similar in that in that way, really. I mean, I guess your yeah. thing is like, um, I assume you have some kind of storage cost for product. I guess that's your fixed Well, like fixed it's all cost. in it's all wrapped up in the fulfillment like warehouse stuff. And yeah. so, you know, that as now is still like functioning, but if like say that goes down, then yeah, there'll be, you know, be big problems because we don't control that, right? Like if we can't ship anything, we just can't ship anything, mm-hmm. you know? Um so it is, you know, we are thus far we've been relatively fortunate, but who, you know, who knows like what what who knows? No one knows what will happen. But thus far I feel pretty good. Um, Do you feel I mean, like obviously- that you uh, just it's for you guys? It's, is it a, so? I wonder, like, because you don't have any current Kickstarter campaigns, right? Which is like obviously a big thing for the way that you make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll ask you, Dan. Do you do you feel this is a good thing to not have one running right now, or like either in the funding stage or like the production of a product stage? Does it feel good or bad? Uh. I'm glad we don't have a Kickstarter running right now. Even like just like setting aside all like uh, business impact, uh, it just like wouldn't feel very good. I think it like we wouldn't want to promote it. Uh, it's like there's like it's, it's hard to do marketing, I guess, these days. Uh, we're just kind of in a period where I feel like people kind of just don't want to hear it or it's just hard to reach people. doesn't really feel appropriate in some ways. Um, so, I mean, we have kind of a Kickstarter. In almost the ready to go. <laughs> almost ready to go. Like we have to wrap up the video and, you know, get the page prepared. But like the product is as far along design wise as we need to be to feel comfortable launching the Kickstarter. So it's more or less ready to go. And we were planning to launch it like you know end of march uh beginning of basically we wanted to launch it like right after we were done fulfilling all of the mark one apollo pens Mm -hmm. um but i think we're for sure going to hold off for a couple months just to see where things go with this so i mean probably you know maybe june at the earliest but we're fine holding it longer if if that feels like the right thing to do because i guess you know i feel like it's personally i feel like it's okay to be marketing things if you're doing it right you know like there there are ways yeah. to do it that are good but the the problem i think that you would have right now is just like convincing people that they would get their product at any period of time in which you are suggesting yeah there's so much mm-hmm. uncertainty and just like like economic anxiety i mean i think it's just a very anxious time to like be asking people for like basically help to make a product you know and like you know so it's uh yeah i think it's uh it will be better to just wait and we you know like dan said we're kind of done or we've been done with the design phase of that product so we can kind of keep working on the next thing you know it doesn't super disrupt timelines to wait so um 
So it, it so that's kind of okay. Um, but Mike, you have a <laughs> you do have a Kickstarter that's running. Oh right now. man, imagine having one running right now. <laughs> I know, wouldn't it be horrible? Oh, yeah, Especially every, one that involves conferences, <laughs> physical places to go, uh, travel. So every year, listeners of the show will know every year that on another podcast that I do, the Pen Addict, we do a Kickstarter campaign that has a few different and uh part, like kind of parts to it one of them is there is a physical product every year that that we have a work of another company with which we've done this year or is designed by brad's company knock but there's also a, a selection of videos that are as part of the campaign as part of the rewards and these videos are usually done in conjunction with pen shows that we visit so the the funds of the campaign pay for me and brad and anna reiner to attend different pen shows typically in america we did one in canada um and we will do live shows from them i do vlog videos that kind of stuff that we give as rewards for the campaign but they are ostensibly so me and brad and anna can go to pen shows and do episodes of the podcast from those shows so we launched the campaign uh pretty much tail end of february so it was Mm -hmm. like there's this thing (laughs) <laughs> that's out there it's in Asia <laughs> but we'll probably be fine maybe no. there'll be some question about some element but like we'll be fine right like that was the thinking right or like honestly really when we launched the campaign I knew this thing existed but did not even think for a moment that it would impact my life right honestly mm-hmm. that's where I was um, so when we launched the campaign we didn't even consider and it was one week from launching to when I realized we're not going to be able to do this. That was how quickly, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. it hit. Everyone went through this in their own way. But it was one week. And, it, and, I, and then I realized we need to have a contingency plan in place. And then two days later, we decided that we weren't going to be going to the Atlanta Pen Show, which would have been this weekend. Right, April oh, 3rd really? to 5th. Yeah, April 3rd to 5th. Uh, we were late launching the campaign this year, way later than we ever have been before. Um, just because the the because the, the reward that we have was tied up in like a whole big thing. We're working uh-huh. with Retro 51 to make a pen. Um, yeah. But Retro 51 announced just before we announced uh, yeah. we're working the outside campaign that they were closing down. So yeah, we yeah, thought yeah, that yeah. we weren't going to be able to do that pen anymore. Then they said we could, and then we wanted to do a completely different design. And the pen is actually, it's called the Celebration, and we're using artwork from previous Retro 51 designs. We chose 51 designs that we loved, and we're incorporating those into the pen design, right? Yeah. So, so that's that's mm-hmm. the, the physical reward. But we were late launching the campaign because we thought we had to go back to the drawing board. But we ended up, work, We they agreed to do the pen. They wanted to do it with us. Um, so we launched the campaign. The campaign was going to end two hours before the live show in Atlanta, which was kind of fun, right? Like that was like a fun thing to do. Um, but then we ended up obviously deciding that we would not attend. Um, and the, the, this campaign is also to fund a trip to the Dallas Penn show in September, which also might not happen. Like, Mm you know, well, yeah, did they, they canceled the Atlanta one, right? We pulled out. Um, and then a few days later, the entire show was canceled. It was canceled, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we we pulled out before they had 
kind they of did. been yeah. able to assess the decision um and and because they were working with like the local government and all that kind of stuff but me and yeah. brad were just like we're not doing this because it was more that we just didn't want to be responsible for encouraging people to get together right yeah yeah you know yeah, th- yeah. so i'm actually really proud that we made this decision before we were forced to yeah because i feel like we did the right thing um mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, rather than being like, oh, we just can't. It's like, nope, we're not doing this. We're not endangering us uh, ourselves, the family, or, or the audience. Like, we're just not going to do that. Yeah. So the campaign, I mean, is doing gangbusters. Like, eight hundred and forty-five backers, sixty-one thousand mm. dollars. But it's just a weird one because, like, I'm not really promoting it at all because we we can't deliver on potentially like half of what the campaign is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, we're, we're basically me and Brad are going to create additional content. So this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, as we're recording this, like the weekend of the pen show, me and Brad are going to record a backers only video where we're going to be talking about and showing off some of our pen collection, which is a thing right, we've never cool. done before because we're an audio podcast, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. and then if we can't do the Dallas pen show, we're going to come up with another thing. But we're kind of just not really sure what to do with any of it. Like, what are we going to do with the money that we were going to spend? Like, we yeah. we just don't know yet, right? Oh, like, you guys can. But that's it's nice that it's like you can find ways. Yeah, to, we're going to you know, work like, it out later. And, yeah. yeah, and like you know, we, me and Brad have spoken about like you know potentially there there are pen shows that happen in the beginning of the year that we would mm. never get to go to because. The timing because we yeah. our first show that we will fund for is april right so if this is all taken care of like there's like a pen show in like january or february that we could do next year right it's so like mm, rolling mm-hmm, that over yeah. like we're just not sure potentially the atlanta pen show would go on in november like we don't know who knows like, yeah. what, what's gonna happen <laughs> so but it's kind of just like you know we're, we're working out some options but ultimately we're the answer is we're just not going to do anything for now. Like we're just going to wait and see. But it's just, it's just been a really, it's just been really weird. Um, you know, like we, I, I think as the the campaign draws to a close, we'll do a little bit more uh, promotion for it because the reward, the pen reward, I think is our, you know, I believe in Brad. Just is like one of our, if not our best reward, especially for our yeah. audience. Yeah, well, it's very pen. like limited edition feeling. Well, there's like... only nine hundred and fifty of them. So. Oh. I didn't know it was limited. We capped it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we capped it. We wanted the, the actual, there'll be 999 made and we're selling 950 and then obviously keeping some back and then maybe, I don't know what we'll do with the, with the last lot, but um, mm. we did, we capped this one. Um, Is so that like the last that. pin they're going to make? One of, Retro? yeah. Th- th- there's a few things that they're doing. I don't know exactly where we're going to fall in the timeline, but this I believe uh-huh. is the last design that they uh-huh. agreed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Retro Fifty One closing up because of for business reasons, or because they just don't want to do it anymore? Like, are, were they a bunch struggling? of the company is retiring? I don't think they were struggling at all. They're just retiring. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought I heard, and I was like, that's yeah. so strange. You <laughs> you don't usually hear of like successful companies just be like, all right, we're done, we it, did our it, thing. It was no. very surprising because, yeah. for intents and purposes, it seems like they were doing very well right like mm-hmm. for as much as we know of the story it's like they were just like no we're done and mm-hmm. yeah. like well, you know definitely I, I, away yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's that you know they're, they're just they're closing up shop but yeah 
but yeah, it's been super weird. It's been so weird this this campaign where it's kind of yeah. like I know it's happening and I'm checking the numbers every day and stuff. And it's you know in some ways might be one of if it either be our most successful or like second successful, like second highest successful campaign ever, depending on how you count it, whether it's in backer numbers or value. Uh-huh. I mean, by value, it's eclipsed everything, but that's just because the camp, the, the pledge level is higher, right? It's so, higher, yeah. Yeah, $70 to get the pen and the videos, and I think in the past, we've only gone up to 50 um, yeah. But, you know, we're, our highest backer number was 909, and we're at like 845 now, so, mm. you know, it's, huh. it's not impossible that in the last couple of days, we'll get the stragglers in. Um, I bet you will. But it's just like super weird to have had this really successful Kickstarter campaign. yeah. When it's so hard, you know, it's so you know, we were thinking about we weren't thinking about it hard, but you know, because we did have this like we do have the Kickstarter kind of ready to go, and so you know, one thought or like one approach to thinking about these Kickstarters is it does kind of offer like an escape or like something hopeful, definitely, to look for, you know, to it's, it's like a very like, difficult thing have, to know. I don't have a problem with like this sort of stuff in general. My problem is, is like this campaign is like we had what we. What we made the video about, what the campaign yeah, is in particularly is, yeah, is about weird. us getting together. That's what the campaigns are, <laughs> and we can't deliver on that. And we might, for this entire campaign, we may not deliver on any of it, right? Like because yeah, yeah. it, it's impossible to know. Yeah, it's because yeah. like I'm doing other things. Like I have other merch for other shows that I'm selling right now. But you know, and like that kind of stuff is like I have no. I think that's fine, but. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really mind about people marketing their stuff right now. I think it's. I think we businesses have to continue. People still want things, you know. Like obviously, a lots of people have had their income affected, and you know. So yeah, they shouldn't and they won't spend the money. But that isn't the case for everyone. Um, and businesses mm-hmm. must continue, right? Your business must continue. My business must continue. So we have to, as much as we can, keep things rolling. But there are certain things that you wouldn't do like if 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 me and brad were making the decision to do the kickstarter campaign now we just wouldn't do it or we would have yeah. completely changed it this year right so, so that's why it makes this one weird because it's just like it was launched at the very last point that it could have been mm-hmm. before we wouldn't yeah. have done it isn't that kind of i mean I, it's so funny thinking back like why didn't we all just like no, like, it's so crazy to me that like, oh, this thing was happening in China, and I imagine most people and like myself included, and I like very was like very much on top of like reading the news and stuff about it, and I was just like, why didn't I just know that this was gonna like really come here really fast? It's like, why, well, because <laughs> this one's think? different. I mean, because even if you compare it to like swine flu and avian flu, right? They broke out yeah. outside of Asia, and they came here. They broke out wherever they began. Fast. But it yeah. didn't shut the world down. Yeah. Right? Like this is this is like a once a century type yeah. thing. Like we've yeah. lived through SARS and Ebola and Zika and all these things, and those are like bad in their own ways, but they don't they like stop shut travel. the economy down. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's like no, it's like hard to imagine something that has never happened in your life or your parents' yeah. life or your grandparents' like, life before. You know, like this thing about here, right? Like Britain is a very old country, right? What we are doing right now, the government telling us we can't leave our homes, has never happened in the history of our country. Yeah, even through World War Two. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like these are these are it, like things. The things that the government is telling and asking us to do right now, a government in this country has never asked anybody to do before. 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like it is very, very. It's where it, it, there is no way that that you or I would have known to prepare this way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. All very weird. Do you think that in the future you might have different contingency plans? Or do you think that it's kind of like you're assuming this is like once in a century, so why bother? I don't know. It's tricky. You mean like for the business or personally? Business. Uh, I don't know. I think we would do the same thing. I mean, the goals that we would have that would be contingency things are all goals that we would want anyway. It's like having more things in stock, having more of a cash cushion. Those are all things we just want, period, right? So... I don't know if the goals would change so much. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I don't think we would like do something really drastic, like trying like trying to make our stuff made more locally or something. Although it's funny that wouldn't even be necessarily risk reducing. Uh, it gets kind of it's interesting that um, like the fact that China's kind of through their curve of this, at least it seems. Uh, they're back, right? So they can be making stuff while maybe suppliers that we <laughs> yeah. have, like, or for instance, our supplier, like in uh, that makes cork, we don't need any right now in Portugal, but they send out an email being like, we're we're shutting down for a month, you know, or whatever. So it's interesting having things being kind of spread out does, I guess, in the pandemic context. Uh, yeah, I will say, like for me, because obviously the other thing that we spoke about in the show that's affected is the Cortex Theme System Journal, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah. we had made an order with a lunar new year in mind right yeah which i'd learned from last time and it's like great we're gonna be great and the product is and delayed with covid in mind yeah exactly it's products delayed and you know we have rough estimates but none that we're really confident in like assuming yep. that they will definitely arrive like because you know you obviously you guys know too right i'm not saying this to you but uh the, the factory that we work with for these printed products are telling us that they are um back and running so things are starting to move again but the but this whole thing is making me think that as i am starting to lay the foundations of building what i think could be another business right we have one product of what could be many products in the future it is making me think that just in the idea of making sure that i spread manufacture where possible like what you've done right that like, you know, maybe we have some stuff made by this factory in China. We have some stuff made by this factory in America. Like just about having, yeah. which is just, it's just generally, I guess, good uh, practice in manufacturing that you yeah. would want to have things spread out. So if something happens, it doesn't necessarily take down everything at the same time. Like all of your products are left yeah. unmade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think they, I think you're right. That's like a generally good strategy. I think it can be difficult, like when you're making smaller quantities and stuff. Like we would never sp- like purposefully have two manufacturers make one product just for like redundancy or whatever. I, no, because, not that you know, level. That's too but much. Yeah. yeah. But people do, I mean, people do that all the time. Oh, like, big, massive real, companies, yeah. right? Like Apple do it, right? Obviously, yeah. you know, like the bigger you are, the more likely you are to do that. But I, I, I would, I mean more just like as we have multiple products in, yeah. in the future that we would just have them made in different places, uh, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, like, it's funny talking about this on uh, Cortex. It's like 
well, boy, you know, it's like, I remember talking about this like a month ago or so, right? Like, I feel like I've experienced everything possible <laughs> in this first year. Of trying to, it's like, what about pandemic? You want to have one of those? It's like, oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah, geez. Jeez Louise. Yeah. I had, I had some questions for Mike about All right. the podcast universe. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but just... When when it fir- when this stuff kind of first started happening, I was like, "Oh, podcasts will be okay because a you're like at least the way Relay is set up is everyone is in their own little quarantine already, so yep. like you can continue making content." Uh, but then, as I thought more and kind of read more, it was like two things are working pretty severely against podcasting. One is kind of the adage that in a recession the ad budget is the first thing to get cut. And then the second thing is just people aren't commuting. Uh, so podcast listening time is being decreased. Yep. So just kind of, I don't know, how you doing? <laughs> so there are... So, okay, so first part is like, yeah, it's great that everybody's out on their own, right? In their own little worlds, right? We haven't had to close down an office uh, although I have not been able to go, go to my new go studio, new but like <laughs> that's, I don't even want to talk about that right now. Um, there's been a lot of like headlines these past few days about like podcast listening is down by these massive percentages, and there was this big thing today about technology podcasting being down by twenty percent. But it's you know I've I've looked at these charts and I just think that it's people getting really excited because. Uh, some of the stuff that's down is down really heavily because there's no content for it. So like sports podcasting is Mm -hmm, through mm -hmm. the floor right now because there's no sports and like uh, true crime is down because people don't want to hear about murders. Um, And like, (laughs) so like technology podcasting is down, but it's down to where it was two weeks ago. There was just a bump. And I think the bump was Apple has stuff. So, like, I mean, if I know that, like, just looking at my stuff, we get bumps whenever Apple has a an announcement of some description, there mm-hmm. is a there is a bump. Oh, I see, I right? see. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I, yes, of course, podcasting could go down and will go down a little bit, like it does in the summer, right? Like in the summer, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. listen less. However, I have a few thoughts on this. One, I don't see these in any of our numbers right now because it would take for, for a lot longer, I think, for us to see any kind like of like a trend. Yeah. Um, because you could probably look at these any week of the year and see ups and downs. Uh, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It's, uh, that's kind of what I think about about it. And uh, I I don't know. I feel like it's a little too soon to to assume that things are are, are going down. And also, like I, I feel like a lot of our shows they have a a really engaged core audience to them. You know, mm-hmm. like people listen to our shows because they are super fans of a thing yeah rather than let me just listen to a podcast on my commute yeah yeah yeah. you mm-hmm. know yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And i think that there is definitely going to be a decrease of some description because people may not have as much time to listen but i am not worried about any decrease there the other thing is in regards to advertising we have had some budget reductions because mm-hmm. some companies are, are concerned or some companies just can't promote their product anymore because people won't buy it. You know, they they, they do a thing that wouldn't work right now, for example. Uh, gotcha, yeah. Um, 
we've had people wanting to move their spend, but also we have actually signed up new advertisers that are in a position to offer a product right now. So mm. Mm. like it's like it makes sense for them now. Like the context has changed or something a little exactly, bit. Exactly. Right. Like, oh, it's we have seen our sales increase and we're surprised, or we believe we are the type of company that people want to hear from right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And or there are a lot of companies that have their own marketing effort that they want to promote. Like they're a company that creates a service that they want to offer for free to help people right now. So they want to let people know about that. Mm. Yeah. Um, one interesting uh, aspect that I don't know, maybe like unintended consequence of this is it might introduce or get people in the habit of listening to podcasts in like different contexts, you know, like d- doing dishes or doing things around the house. And then maybe that would carry over to the future, you yeah. know, like mm-hmm. on top of I mean, the community. I, or whatever. I, I so think knows? that if this continues to go for a longer period of time, people want to be listening to podcasts more at home. So they have voices in their home. Yeah, you know, like, but but the the idea of like the our industry falling through the floor because nobody's commuting, I don't think yeah. that's going to touch us too much. That's just my feeling on it mm-hmm. because I've mm-hmm. okay. So like next week, I've been podcasting for ten years, mm-hmm. and I, over ten years, you see a lot. You know, like and, <laughs> and I've seen many things at this point that were going to kill podcasting. Uh, this yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. doesn't feel like it's going to to be it there will be declines like there's going to be declines in every industry but like i'm not worried about like the overall state permanent yeah yeah Yeah. well great yeah and that's kind of all you can hope for for us and for you guys is just have some resiliency built into the business in the form of as we've discussed kind of low overhead and like already working remotely and stuff so you can weather these storms even this lasts for a year 18 months you things will eventually return back to normal hopefully Mm -hmm. and you will you're you're still standing so you can just continue on yeah and i would hope that that would be the case uh i mean who knows but like just so like even if so to get like super in the weeds about like the finances of my business, even of the companies that we've had pull out or whatever. And, you know, we've definitely lost some money, but we've been able to balance stuff to the point where like provided a, every company that says they're going to pay us will pay us. Does. Right. <laughs> then honestly, like I don't think we're going to see that much of a difference mm-hmm. compared to where we may have been without this. Mm-hmm. Cause really it is just like a balancing act. Like, and as well, the the industry, the podcasting industry is so large now. It supports so many companies, like advertising agencies. Like a lot of smaller companies mm. will go to agencies and then an agency will bring a campaign to us and we will decide if we want to run with it. Those agencies, all the people there need to stay employed, right? So they yep. continue to find new business or like convince older companies to put more money in and or uh, and we have our own clients that we work with directly we're going out and trying to find new ones and this this stuff happens you know uh so honestly like as long as things stay as they are right now for us i think we're going to be fine and i really feel that like a lot of the we're still in knee-jerk reaction time Mm -hmm. there will be problems down the road for like if companies have liquidity issues right that's like a different thing that will come much later. But where we are right now, kind of, I've, I've been saying internally, 
just going to get through March and the knee-jerk reactions will end. And then mm-hmm. people will be making decisions based upon what their companies look like. Because a lot of companies just have to pull out immediately, right? Because mm-hmm. either A, they know it's not going to work, or B, they're, they're worried and they want to yeah. hold their money. So they pull. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe it'll be longer. I don't know. But all we can do is take every day, right? Like it's the same for every business. Yep. We're just taking every day. We're trying to celebrate our wins when we get them. And that's that, right? Like mm-hmm. this is, this, if you are running a business right now, that's what you got to do. Take every day, try and have some ideas for what you'll do if things get worse and you just keep pushing. Dan's Tech Corner. That's what everybody wants and needs right now. <laughs> <laughs> a respite. Yeah. Let's pretend this, the world doesn't exist. Uh, DTC, Dan's Tech Corner. iPad trackpad support. You don't say. I um Tom, you're excelling as the host of Dan's Tech Corner right now. Thanks, thanks. (laughs) Uh, When I whenever I saw the news of this, like the i the newest iPad coming out Mm -hmm. and the like keyboard and like like stand for it and stuff, I really thought. Man, Mike is going to be real excited about this. <laughs> and you, know what? Uh, you were right. It seemed, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like Apple really. It seems like it's a huge deal to me uh, the decisions they made, and it seems like I'm really surprised they they just. It seems like all of it happened at once. They're just basically like, no, really, this is a computer. Like, mm-hmm. no, really, guys, this is just, like, just a computer. Uh, and well, they're still doing this weird marketing yeah. where, like, in some marketing they're saying it's a computer and in other marketing they're saying it isn't, which is very strange. Like, mm-hmm. depending <laughs> on the literal page of Apple's website that you go on, the, the, the idea changes. But, like, overall, I think what they are saying is, like, this is a legitimate computing device and we want to continue yeah. to double down on that whilst also saying this isn't what you're used to. I think they're the two messages that they're trying to get across um they this was a one-two punch for sure well dan how about you describe just like well a what your thoughts for are for this dan's tech corner but also just like in general what apple did to set context i'm sure not everyone listening to this knows what we're talking about (laughs) yeah well this was kind of meant as a follow-up dtc because this this to me this announcement feels like the other shoe dropping that we talked about 18 months ago when the iPad pros were first announced. So if you will put in the show notes, a link to episode 43, um, where we just talked about the new iPads and the thing I wanted to point out is we were kind of wondering why they moved the smart connector. And basically we hypothesized that, there's got to be something else coming because it doesn't make sense to make this drastic change, but you still have like a smart keyboard folio thing that yeah. works more or less exactly. What we were as saying it, was like, it doesn't make any sense to do it just so your keyboard now attaches to the back. Like there was no, mm-hmm. there was yeah. no, it, there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was just like a thing. And we, I mean, we sound really smart when you go back yeah. and listen to that <laughs> uh, because you said they're going to have an alternative keyboard mounting product right the other ideas and then i said they will create a keyboard of a trackpad in it (laughs) so feel real good about that like i I just think it was we believe rightly so that 
as you say, they, they changed the smart connector without producing any different products. And if anything, as we've seen over time, actually it, the new smart connector supported fewer products than the old one because there were no yeah. third-party products of any kind. And I don't know why it this product is now you know like it's very difficult to try and work it out like there was definitely a software hardware one catching up to each other type thing because the trackpad support got dropped in 13.4 which is just very strange there was no no kind of real suggestion that it was coming any sooner or later than this right there'd been code discovered that it might be in ios 14 but it just popped out of nowhere and then the keyboard was is like will work with the older 2018 models, and the 2020 iPad Pro has a lidar camera on it, and is other than that effectively unchanged for for typical use. Like it's got a little bit more RAM in it across the board, and one extra GPU core. Like that's the entire change for the new mm. product. Now there are many other things that I've gone in on my many other shows about what Apple might be doing with that. Yeah. But, you know, there is clearly a plan that Apple has had for at least two years about this keyboard product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I, it's, it must have been something internal where they were like gun shy about the kind of human interaction, like human computer interaction model for this thing. And I, it seems like my guess would be like they were going to go down this road that they're going down now, like two years ago with the iPad Pro. And someone in the company like wanted to pull back. And so they just were like, uh, never mind. It's just like a normal iPad or whatever. You use it like a magazine. But then like now to me, so just to be to like tell all the listeners here, basically what they have is a stand that like elevates the iPad at an angle and has a keyboard and a trackpad. So it basically turns the iPad into a laptop, yep. like a straight up laptop. That's very powerful. And to me, that's like, okay, no, this is just a straight up computer and it fits back into the paradigm that like everyone has like in the public of like this, what a laptop is. Like, I think (laughs) the idea of like iPad as like magazine thing you use on your couch is gone now. They have killed that. Yes, you can still do that. It is dead. Right. It's it's dead. But I think it's like now it's like, no, this is just a laptop that you can pull apart. Yeah. And to me, that's like such a huge change in like the way you talk about the interaction with this product that Mm -hmm. it's like it must have been these internal forces within the company and finally, they're just like, okay, no, let's just do it all the way. And I think it completely changes the story and the everything and the, what software will be made for the iPad. Like, I think it's like, it's a little in some ways, but I think it's like kind of, uh, com- it's like the first time Apple's been like trying to say that this is a real computer for a long time, but it's always been hobbled by the input interface. But yeah. now it's like, look, you have everything. You, this you is can definitely use a stylus on the trackpad. This is a landmark <laughs> moment, and it's really interesting because, yeah. right? So the iPad is ten years old this year. It actually shipped ten years old, uh, ten years ago this week. Oh, huh. the first iPad Pro was five years ago. So we went from five years to the first iPad Pro. Then that was when the iPad changed, and now five years after the iPad Pro, it's changing again, which is like. Yeah massive differences obviously ipad os last year started it but i expect there to be big changes this year of ipad os and because now they are like this thing it's it looks like a laptop but it's a laptop as you say like a laptop you can pull apart and you can turn it you can use as a tablet if you want to 
but you should be using this whole package. I mean, it's not yeah. cheap. I mean, it's, that keyboard's like $400 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, but well, I, it's I a love, surface. I mean, it's what Microsoft is doing, right? It's yeah. like literally identical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Like who, like why buy a laptop, you know? Like I don't, like who's going to buy a laptop? This like, is what I think my, they're trying to do with it, right? They're like, yeah. they are trying to make a product where you go, why would I buy the, that MacBook anymore when I can get this? It clearly does the same thing. I think yeah. what Apple has done by putting a trackpad, I mean, and also by enabling trackpad support across every single iPad, which is currently a thing. You can connect a mouse or a trackpad to any iPad that ships that can can use 13.4, and you get an amazing yep. cursor, like very well thought out cursor experience. I think with this idea, they are taking the people that thought they couldn't work on the iPad because it didn't have a mouse, and mm-hmm. you know, all those just like, oh no, this isn't like a laptop. I couldn't use this for my work, and it's going to take a big chunk out of that again, pushing more people towards this platform as a work device. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting. I mean, Dan, do you, would you buy a laptop again, you think? Uh, probably not, no, because I, if it was my only computer, I would have to because like, I need like, things like After Effects uh, yeah, and programs yeah. like that. But having a iMac totally frees me up to not need Mac OS uh, and a secondary machine but like in three years from now i don't think you'll be saying that same thing like i think like after effects and stuff will just be on the ipad yeah but then they have to they have to have a 27 inch ipad then which they very well very may very well well may (laughs) uh (laughs) so yeah so i mean things are that is certainly possible you know i guess if they keep (laughs) following in microsoft's footsteps then they will do oh, wait, this, why would they have studio? to have a 27-inch... Because screen real, cause screen space matters. Screen. We just plug it into a screen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think they'll a... make a 27-inch iPad ever. I think they'll just... You, you just, just said you said that exact thing on that uh, episode forty three. I, I wish. <laughs> I hope. I hope they would. I would love to draw on like a thirty-inch. So iPad, why do you? Why do you make it? Why not? Why don't you think so? Because it's such a small market. Of like pe- people wanting to like have a drafting table iPad like a, like a well, but it would be it would be table. it would be like the studio where it can be an iMac or a drafting table like it would transition yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I mean that'd be awesome. I think I, mean, I think that is the future like to say very generally what the iPad is I disagree a little bit when you guys were saying earlier like the and maybe I was just misunderstanding, but like the idea of it as a cow, you know, this is a magazine is like dead. It's now a laptop. I mean, like I think the, that's the idea just... is still going to exist and still should exist because like, it's still a wonderful use of it. But like yeah. the, the perception of the iPad being just this consumption device, that's kind of what I mean. Like that Apple is trying to kill that idea. Like you yes. can do it and it's wonderful for those, but also you can work on it, right? Like I think yeah. that, that's kind of what I meant. I got a little But I, I think that is very much the story now is that this is the most like versatile computer you can buy because it, yeah. it's basically a three-in-one. It's a laptop, it's a couch magazine, and it is a drawing pad. Mm-hmm. And so... Well, I also think it's four-in-one. I think, I think, you know, people already hook iPads up to screens uh, in like, you know, a convoluted way. 
to have large real estate. And I think that already exists and it's just going to be emphasized over the next year. Like that you can totally do that. You know what I mean? It's like a docking, just a computer brain basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but 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 yeah. my point of this is that I think a large screen iPad like a 27-inch iPad would have that same story of like this is super versatile. So it's like yeah. it can be an iMac or it can be a drafting table. Um and yeah. I think that's interesting to some people. I would Man. want that. I mean, I just want to use iOS everywhere and have all the apps that I use work, right? Like that, that's yeah. what I want. I want Apple to bring logic to the iPad. Um mm. That's gonna that would make a massive change to my life. I mean, but I mean, to me, it's obvious that all these things are converging. I mean, even I just so. like on the development front. I mean, everything is converging. It's like, of course, that's what Apple wants. It's like that's where we'll get to in five years, where every you know there won't be this Adobe won't have to make this big decision like, oh, do we you know do we develop an iOS like version of Photoshop or do we just like literally? I'm sure the Photoshop that's in development now. Or not development, but like design is like they're definitely thinking of it as transporting around all these devices. And there's like user interaction models where it's a, it can be a click or a touch and it all like transitions. Like absolutely, that's got to be the case. And so, you know, it, you know, in five years from now, I would not be surprised if there's just no longer a distinction that companies are deciding. It's like it's like now for like web development, when someone's designing a website. They don't think like, oh, do we make the mobile version of this site or the desktop? They just like, no, it's a responsive website that works for all. Like, of course, what are you talking about? And yeah. in, in a couple of years, that will, I think, be the answer for even large like software packages like Adobe makes. Maybe not like really specific industry stuff uh, that's like very weird, like CAD cam software or something. But in general, I think for anything consumer facing, it's just not going to be a question anymore. It's going to be like, yeah, of course, this is cross-platform. Like, what else would you do? So, uh, just got to wait a couple more years, and it'll just all evaporate. We should talk about the uh, the design of the the pointer, the cursor, because mm. uh, we we actually touched on that in the aforementioned podcast as well. We were kind of figuring out what exactly they would do, and we we're somewhat dubious that they're just going to throw like a traditional cursor like an arrow know, like an arrow like an cursor. arrow on top yeah. of and the main reason i was thinking they want to do that is if you've ever used the simulator when you're developing an ios app like it feels so wrong <laughs> to yeah. have like an arrow on top of uh, uh right, yeah. like an ios it stays there that's weird um and and so we talked we actually talked about like tvos and having like focus so states smart. so smart and- <laughs> yeah, and so what they were doing is really cool and not anything I had considered necessarily, which is basically a combination of the two where you yeah. have a present cursor, but it kind of like morphs into a focus state as you approach these touch targets. And I, saw, I haven't I personally heard, uh, had it. Matthew Panzerino on the talk show referred to it as like mm-hmm. possessing like a ghost, mm-hmm. like possessing. Like it up. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> and, it's, and the animations do a kind of interesting job about that yeah it's kind of like cappy in a super mario odyssey where your your cursor just turns into the uh the button uh but it i haven't had a chance to try it yet but it looks really cool and like really well thought out Mm -hmm. and something that feels natural and kind of a touch first environment so again i haven't tried it yet but from what i've seen it's 
Uh, it seems really, really good. Oh, it's um, it's unbelievable. It's it's I I really, really recommend that you try it. Like it's absolutely fantastic, and it's mm. super easy to try, right? Like everyone's got a track. Well, so many people have trackpads, <laughs> right? Do you have a trackpad? I don't have. I don't have a spare trackpad or a mouse, too. Sadly, I could disconnect the one from my computer. <laughs> just disconnect I guess, and give it a go. But it's what it's re- it really is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, Dan, what you just said, and maybe this is something you're like repeating, but the the like framing it of a touch first, like a touch first experience. I think that's like to me that really solidifies like what I was saying before of like the mobile, you know, in mobile web design. Or like website design now, you know, there's this like um, idea of mobile first where, you know, you you design like a website first for if it's going to be on a small device and then you think about how it can transform into a bigger device. I think mm-hmm. like it would be insane to me if Adobe was not designing or already is in the middle of designing a Photoshop in a touch first like environment. Like that's how you have to be thinking from now on, like interface design. It's like touch first. It's like, what do we do touch like for it to work on a touchscreen first? And then how do we support these mouse modes and accessibility? And so it's like, to me, it's like a perfect analog with like the modern web design that's been having for the last decade where it's like, okay, mobile first, uh, you know, responsive design, which, and then accessibility goes like often with that hand in hand. And I think uh, it's just, yeah, it's moving that way for the software now. I, I don't know. I think it's like a huge sea change. Uh and uh, really, the company I think to watch is uh, Autodesk because they make um, AutoCAD and like Fusion 360 and all these software where it, there's like even more than Photoshop, there's like tiny little buttons everywhere. And it's like very professional. And it's like architects, engineers all use this stuff. If they move to like doing a design that's like touch first and is like, can you is on an ipad then the game's over like it's like that's because they're gonna be i think one of the last movers in the consumer space Mm -hmm. just because they're it's so complex and there's so much like cruft but but i don't know it's uh it's exciting i would love like so much to be able to use some of the cad tools on ipad like it, it would just be a complete game changer so uh i don't know hopeful Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash tc slash 58.